from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Jade Washaw, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. The phone number is 888-825-5225. Justin is in Houston, Texas. Hi, Justin. How are you? Good afternoon, Dave. Good afternoon, Jade. Are y'all doing good today? We're great. Definitely. How can we help? <laughs> well, um, I'm ca- I'm calling today about my cousin Brandy. Um, when you're no- when you're an only child, your cousins are like your de facto siblings. And my cousin Brandy's only really three weeks younger than me, so we often joke that we're the closest things our families have to twins. <laughs> mm. We grew up very close, and she has two kids right now: a 13 year old son and a five year old daughter. About two years ago. Um, her son, Brandon, wanted to start making his own money because they live pretty poor. They, he only makes about 18 or 19K a year. And he wanted some money because he wants to go. He's a he's an Astros fan. He wants to go to games. He wants a jersey. And he wants to work and make his own money. And he, bought, he actually hand-wrote letters. And there's his neighborhood next to the apartment they live in. He went around distributing these handwritten letters. Hey, I'll mow your lawn for $40. Give me a call. And he started getting calls. He borrowed my lawnmower for a while, started making his own money. He bought his own and even looked up YouTube videos on how to take care of it, how to oil it and take care of the blades. And I was so proud of him, so proud of him for taking this initiative. Cool. Well, a little while later, the money he had in his drawer from working, his mom took it, saying, well, no, what do you mean? I didn't know you had this much money. We got bills to pay. Mm. And so much so, he started hiding what he was making. Yeah. About a year, about a year ago, he actually had enough saved to buy a riding lawnmower. He bought it from a pawn shop for about nine hundred dollars. Again, I'm thrilled with him. He's looking at YouTube videos, taking care of it, how to maintain it, and he borrowed my flatbed trailer just so we could keep it at the house. So that way, whenever he had a client, I would help him out on the weekends. I would just go over there, hook and book, and so mom is going in there. Out. Mom is going in there and taking his hard earned ten, fifteen bucks. I'm afraid it's worse than that, Jade. How much is he making? About he, it doesn't he matter. $40. It doesn't matter yeah, the fact that she's and, uh, um about six weeks ago he came home from school and the mower's gone. She sold it. Ugh. Saying that, quote, we needed to pay bills. Um she sold her five hundred dollars and then So she's making is, she's making like you said eighteen or nineteen thousand a year, is that what you said? Yes. What's why do you know he's devastated? She works as a hotel desk clerk, but it's not at a fancy hotel. It's like one of these mom and pop things on the east side of Houston. And at this point, whenever he comes home, his mower's gone. He's crushed. He's devastated. I go over there because I'm that close to them. I care about him. I want to find out what's going on. Mm -hmm. All she tells me is that we need to pay bills. I need $500. So sorry, I had to tell them and she's unapologetic about it. And at this point, she, she he's crying right there. His eyes are like cherry. He's devastated. He just stands up, walks to her, and says, "I can't be your son because you're not a mother right now. You're a monster." And stormed off. Wow. And he, he he might have thrown in a four letter word or two, which I'm not going to say on radio. <laughs> and at this so point, you're standing I mean, there feel, witnessing what? all this to this lady who's like your sister, and you said what to her? At this point, I, I was trying to say, "Why would you steal from him? What are you doing?" And she said two things. One, you can't steal from your kid. Everything that is is mine. I needed to do something. That's what was available. I had wow. to do what I had to do. And then the second of all was, and I swear, this is a very small defense for her. 
that is how we were raised. That's how our moms raised us. And that's how our grandmother raised them was whenever you start working, you pitch in and there's no age requirement. When I, I got my first job at 15, the first thing my mom wanted to know was, okay, when are you getting paid? I got, we got this bill to pay. Yeah. And, and we were taught not to question it. So really, I don't know what to, to tell them. I don't know what the quote Ramsey solution is on kids working, trying to earn their own money. Should they pitch in or is their money theirs? I'm just, I'm a lost word because I don't have kids myself. So I'm a little, I'm a little, I don't really know what to tell her at this point. I, I care more about their relationship. I don't think she cares what you great. think. Yeah, I don't think she does either. And I know she I doesn't care what I think. I mean, what she's part of her, I, think, I think she blames me for this part because I'm, I'm apparent. She thinks I'm instilling ideas in his head that he doesn't have to pitch in that he gets to keep all well, the money. Well, like he, to uh, her, what she's saying is like, w- this has been a generational thing. This is the way she's been raised. It's the way you've been raised. Your grandparents have been raised, and she thinks it sounds like she thinks that this is right. And like Dave said, I don't think she cares what you think um, at all. Like, she thinks that this is the best way to go. Uh, Mm -hmm. Obviously, I can look at this situation and see many, many things wrong with it. A, she's not earning enough money. She's, it sounds like an able-bodied, healthy woman who could go out and earn more than $18,000 or $19,000 a year. So it sounds like she needs to apply herself. next week. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Working 40 hours at Target, she could earn more. Yeah. So, um... I mean, run over to run over to Walmart. They're paying twenty bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more than she's making now, mm-hmm. and she could work mm-hmm. sixty hours a week before I take money from my own kid. Mm-hmm. So she has character issues. You can blame it on your family tree if you want to, but just because um, misbehavior is part of your family heritage doesn't mean that it's a good thing. That if doesn't make it okay. If anything, I think it would make mm-hmm. you want to do better and do differently for your kids. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of. A lot of most of us have something somewhere in our family history that we absolutely don't want repeated. Yeah, down mm-hmm. the down the family tree, right? So uh, that's a character right. character flaw, including stealing from a thirteen year old. Now, if you want to go down the path she's going down uh, philosophically, you can go down that path, but it requires more courage than being a thief. It requires just sitting down with a thirteen year old and go, "Hey, we don't have much money." We want you to pitch in. And so if you if we can, you know, some of the money you make, you ought to pitch in here in the family and demand that of him. You could do that. But that's different than stealing, stealing out of his underwear drawer or selling his lawnmower when he's not home. Yeah. That's cowardly. She did that because mm-hmm. she knows she's wrong. I'd probably bring that yeah. up. If it were if if it were my brother or sister, I'm really trying to put myself in your shoes. If it were my brother or sister and I saw that I think that I would approach it in that way. Like what Dave said, I'd say, look, if you need help around the family, which by the way, you shouldn't, but if you did, why can't you be a grown adult and model what a, what a grown adult conversation would be like and say to him, Hey, this month is tight. Would you mind helping out? Or I need you to help out. Or Or I'm going to make you help out. Right. But at least do that Mm -hmm. to his face instead of just scarfing his stuff up. Number one. But before all that, you know, what would I, what would I do if I were in your shoes, Justin? Um, it sounds like you have a fairly close relationship to her, and she, it sounds like she has uh, she she's off base. And so you need to take her to coffee and say, "All right, sis, here's what's going on. You don't make enough money. Your job sucks, and you don't work much. You need to work more, and you need to get a better job so you don't have to steal from your own kid." 
and I'll help you do that. I'll coach you along. Sis, I'll help you get into Financial Peace University. I'll help you get on a budget. I'll help you start acting like an adult so you're, as an adult, not dependent upon a 13-year-old to, quote, pay bills. You ought to be ashamed of yourself putting your family in that position when you're able-bodied and can make enough to take care of your family instead of scarfing from your family. And so that's me and her having a conversation at coffee. But there's nothing that requires her to do that in the law. And you can't make people do smart stuff. If you could, I'd have been out of business a long time ago. Hey, listen up. When we invest, most of us have no idea where our money is going. But the reality is your investments could be funding social and cultural causes that you would never choose to support. With Timothy Plan, you can avoid putting your hard-earned money into things you don't approve of and invest in companies that line up with your values. With Timothy Plan's pro-life, pro-family filter, you can invest with moral responsibility while going after competitive returns. So while it's still true that you can't serve God and money, you can make your money serve your values. Contact your financial advisor today to see if Timothy Plan is right for you. Visit timothyplan.com for more information. Investing includes risk, including possible loss of principal. Before investing, carefully consider a fund's investment objective, risks, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus available at timothyplan.com. Read carefully before investing. Mutual funds distributed by Timothy Partners, LTD, and ETFs distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LLC. Halloween bump music, huh? All right. The Booth Dudes, ladies and gentlemen, bringing you what's known as production values. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Laura is with us in West Palm Beach, Florida. Hey, Laura, what's up? Hi. uh, I was actually calling because I'm wondering if there's any benefit in taking out a student loan going back to finish to get my bachelor's degree and increase the money that I'm making, or if that's a poor decision to take on more debt. I think it's a poor decision to take on more debt. There might be benefit in going back to school and finding a way to pay to go back to school, but I don't think that there would be a benefit in taking out student loans in order to do so. What's your bachelor's you're studying? Uh, I was. I I took a a break, and I, I haven't gone back in years, but it was for communications. Okay, and how's that going to increase your income? Uh, I mean, most of the jobs that I see are all they want your bachelor's, and it's been very hard to get a job, um, which I've managed to do, but I'm not really enjoying it, um, and it doesn't really pay a whole lot. Listen, that's an absolute mythology. That's just not true, okay? The idea that you get a generalized degree, like a communications degree, and it automatically qualifies you to make more money is absolutely not true. Okay. okay. And you know how I know that? I've got a thousand people working in this building in a white collar setting. I've got everything from computer programmers, web designers, creatives, production people. I've got lots of people in the communications field. I can't tell you a single one off the top of my head that I pay money to, I'm their boss, Mm -hmm. that I know what their degree is. I don't know if Jade has a degree. No one has ever asked me for my degree, ever. Ever. Wow. Okay. So what happened was is somehow they got into an interview and convinced us at Ramsey that they could do the job. And then they got in the building and they actually did the job. 
the degree was irrelevant. The knowledge to do the job would be relevant. Mm -hmm. But the actual degree keeping someone from getting a great paying job, lots of people in this building make incredible money. And I couldn't tell you a single one of them's degree. Actually, I take that back. I have a on-staff counsel that is our our staff attorney. I do know that he has a law degree. <laughs> yeah. That one that. I do know. And I actually know where his <laughs> law degree is from, oddly enough. But, uh, but I couldn't tell you the other lawyers that we've hired where they went to school even. So um, where you went to school or the fact that you have a degree – in in most fields today does not hold you back what does hold you back is connectivity to the the subject at hand like what is it you want to work in do you know enough about it do you have enough knowledge base and connectivity to the people in that building or in that organization that you want to be a part of that lets you have a chance and to go prove yourself but this idea that there's some kind of vague veil out there that only the people with degrees get behind the veil yeah it that's old-fashioned mythology and the last time that was true was probably 20 years ago what what's the sort of job that you're trying to get laura um right now i mean i'm a writer i'm in marketing but Uh i just feel like you know i make 50k a year now and i just feel like you know i'm going to be stuck in this you know in that pay range i don't feel like there's much unless i hop jobs and are you any good someone to, um are you I mean, good at I've what you do what i've been doing are yeah, you good at it so you are yes okay yes are you doing something to get better at it yes what what are you doing um i'm get to getting certifications online uh-huh. actively researching what's new in the industry to uh-huh. me that's more valuable that's way more valuable than going back to school. Okay. Okay. Graduates with a degree in communication that come out or a degree in journalism that come out that want to write very seldom make 50K out of the gate. Very few of them first year, first job out make 50K right now. Communications okay. degree and journalism degree just don't pay that much. Journalism's right. worse. Right. It's absolutely horrid. I almost wonder if the better route for her, it sounds like with what she does, there's probably freelance work that she could do if she wanted to really quickly raise her income. Well, what I would do is also start putting some people around you that are better than you are. Yeah, that's true. And start meeting with them and brainstorming and increasing your skill set in mm-hmm. writing and marketing. Are you doing copywriting? That's one type of marketing. Yeah. Uh, or, are, you know, writing ad copy or something that, you know, that's a skill. That's a unique skill set that's very valuable. Yeah. Because when you can do that well, it creates an instant ROI for the people you wrote the ad for. And then you go, oh, she's a studly copywriter. I need her writing this. Yeah. Um, or is she writing digital narratives for marketing campaigns? Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it? What is the? What is it? What is it? The Because just a, a content person, today there's so much content out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And good quality content delivered in a way that actually communicates is not a skill set that you get from a four-year communications degree. It's a skill set you get from writing a lot Mm -hmm. with other high-quality, world-class writers looking over your work and questioning you and measuring the results of your work. And so I'll give you an example. We're editing a book of mine right now, the old Total Money Makeover book, sold 10 million copies. We're working on a – the haven't done a new issue of it in like a decade we're going to do a new issue in the spring so we're going through the stupid thing with a fine-tooth comb Mm -hmm. looking at every detail and every uh 
statistic that's in there that's outdated right and some of the examples we have from uh, 15 years ago the home price examples are humorous <laughs> you know yeah. they're they're hilarious so we're going through and changing all that so i'm not personally doing i read through it this mm-hmm. weekend i read through the work mm-hmm. that our writers have done but the quality of their writing we could tell by how much correction i sent back wow you know yeah and so how valuable is that young guy that's doing nick is doing that writing and they're pretty dead gum valuable because i didn't find a lot wrong with his his math was excellent that's excellent and he, yeah. he, he his ability to grasp what we were trying to say and saying it better within in a new world just modernizing it uh, you know it was excellent i mean i uh, there's probably uh, 800 entries in there or something like that of mm-hmm. changes and and i probably didn't touch 100 of them that's pretty wow, good that is pretty good you know i mean that's that that's exactly what you learn to do mm-hmm. i mean that's that's your world they don't teach you how to do that that's what i'm saying if she were to go back to school what she learns is already going to be outdated like she's going to learn more getting in there like you said getting around people who are better than her analyzing people's work that's better than hers former that, former writers coffee group that meets, love that meets for a bible study or for a, a writer's coffee group on wednesday mornings before work and y'all sit and judge each other's writing and up each other's games yeah and you know like a songwriters do it in nashville all the time oh yeah the number of people that write a hit song by themselves mm-hmm. is unusual it's very oh, yeah, it's always a group it's an almost always i've got a buddy of mine i sat down and i had this hook and he added this lyric yeah and that melody shifted and i've heard that story from songwriters in nashville thousands and thousands of times over the years and and it's all there was was they good got in a room and made each other better yeah or if she starts freelancing that'll tell her quickly because people aren't afraid to give you that feedback or if she's having trouble getting work that would also indicate so laura all maybe. of this is not to correct you it is to encourage you mm-hmm. you don't need to spend a dime on a four-year degree i wouldn't i would spend a ton of effort in getting better i agree all of you out there the knowledge currency is what's important knowledge is the currency that gets you in the door keeps you in the door and moves you up the ladder knowledge so how do you move how do you get in the door move up the ladder you get more and more knowledge Mm -hmm. so you're always adding knowledge you're always adding tools to your belt the rest of your life if the last time you read a nonfiction book was when you were in school, you're failing. You're destined for mediocrity. Read a nonfiction book, particularly in your area of expertise, for God's sakes. Amen. You know, lean in, learn something new, learn something new. Hey, when I started Ramsey, they hadn't invented the internet yet. If I hadn't learned something new, most of you 20 million people wouldn't even be out there right now. You have to learn something new all the time, every day, every week, every year. you got to get better. You're the answer. Knowledge is the currency, boys and girls, not degrees. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, guys, it's Rachel Cruz here to tell you about a faith-based alternative to health insurance that can make health care more affordable. Christian Healthcare Ministries. CHM allows members to share each other's health care costs and it's as easy as one, two, three. Step one, choose the healthcare provider you want. Step two, submit your eligible bills. And step three, get reimbursed. CHM members take care of your eligible medical bills. With no network and the freedom to choose your healthcare provider, CHM is the best option for Christians who want to take care of their families and help other believers. Find out more at chministries.org budget. That's chministries.org budget. 
Jade Washall, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. The Ramsey Show question of the day is brought to you by Neighborly, your hub for home services. Neighborly is one place that brings together a nationwide family of locally operated providers to help you take care of repairs, routine maintenance, or home improvements. Go to neighborly.com slash Ramsey today and start your search. All right. Today's question comes from Addie in Oklahoma. She says, I'm writing because I have a bit of doubt about this situation. My mom wants to be a co-signer for me to be able to buy a property through an FHA loan since I will be a first time home buyer. I will be living in the property, but it will be divided and the other side will be rented. I was pre-approved for $325,000. My mom and the realtor we are working with are telling me that we that we have to put offers on properties at full asking price, but I'm concerned about this. I'm 23 years old. I only make 36,000 ooh, I only make $36,000 a year as a medical assistant and currently owe $10,000 on student loans. Should I wait before I make such a big investment? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, let's look at some red flags here. Um number 1, you make $36,000 $36,000 a year that's quite low it's half of the national average yeah that's that's quite quite low and you're wanting to buy a quarter of a million dollar house over a quarter million dollar house three hundred twenty five thousand dollars the reason you feel nervous and the reason that you feel like you can't breathe because it's literally like john deloney would say it's your body telling you there's something wrong and when there's something wrong don't ignore it let's look at what's wrong and you can see what's what the problem is here you understand that the only way that you're getting this loan is your mom would be signing for that means if you can't get a loan on your own it means that all of the loan companies know this is a bad idea you can't pay and the only way that we mitigate some of this risk is we bring on someone who we think might be able to pay when you won't be able to make the payment and in that case this would be your mother um and she probably thinks that she's being sweet for saying oh i'll sign for you i want you to have this home but that's it's a horrible idea because you know and I know that you're not making a lot of money. You still have debt. And the chances of you not being able to make this payment is high. Not to mention there's the renting side about this. It sounds like you are both dependent on a renter to live on the other side in order to make this payment, which again is creating a lot of risk. Yeah, this is a mess, Eddie. Don't do it. This is a mess. And let's add one more element to this. It's okay. You're going to be a homeowner. Yeah, you're 23. It's okay. You're going to make it. Okay. But your mom has been controlling this entire conversation. Yeah. And maybe it's time that you just said, Mom, you know, I love you, and I'm just not going to do this right now. And that's going to do a lot of things for you and your mom. One is is she's not going to get to control you with the purchase she and the realtor are telling you what to do do you not hear that it was very clear in the language that you used you're you're being treated like a little girl Mm -hmm. like your mom's pretty she may mean well but she's pretty stinking controlling here and she loves the fact she needs to co-sign she loves the fact that you are dependent upon her because now she gets to tell you what to do even more Mm -hmm. so you need to break free of mommy Mommy needs to be a grown-up, and uh, Addie needs to be a grown-up. Yeah, because and what happens? And need to be separated from Mommy and enjoy Mommy as a peer, not as a 
controlling mother of a 23-year-old treating you like she, like you're 13. You're not making a decision in this entire thing. Every one of these decisions are being made by someone else and pushed upon you. Mm-hmm. You need to stiff arm this back, step back, breathe, get you a nice little apartment and a great life, and yeah. let all those people go do their little lives. And then when you get ready to buy a house, you'll be in a position to buy a house. Yeah, because only only two scenarios come of this. If she went no, through. No, it's bad. It's all if, bad. If she doesn't make that payment, A, her mom's lording it over her. I, it's, she's, her mom's, her mom's going to tell her when she can take vacation because she co on the line. I'm telling you. Yeah. This, I smell Terrible. control freak a mile away, and, I, and I, I've got a good nose for it. Courtney's in <laughs> Oklahoma City. Hey, Courtney, what's up? Hey, Dave. Hey, Jade. How are you guys doing? Better than we deserve. Well, how can we help? Um, so, first of all, Jade, I'm a huge fan. I've seen your debt-free scream about 100 times. It's, it's fascinating to That's me. That's awesome. It's um, awesome. It is awesome. <laughs> I, um, I am, I've been married for 12 years. Um, my husband and I have three kids. We have almost $100,000 in total debt. And we're on baby step two. Um, and when we play off these small cards, you know, that's, that's great. That's a great morale booster. Mm-hmm. I would say it's, it's easy, um, instant satisfaction. And we have some bigger balances that are coming up that I know are not going to have that, that, that instant gratification. Um, so what I'm asking is how can I keep morale and encouragement with my husband and I in between as we come into these larger balances that we know are going to take longer and there's not going to be some instant gratification there. Yeah. What are, what are the biggest balances that you have? We have two $20,000 cards and one $20,000 student loan debt. Okay. That's not as, that's not as bad as I thought you were going to say. What's your income? <laughs> uh, we make collectively almost $90,000, $95,000 a year. And um, at this point, how much are, well, like, what's your margin going to the debt snowball every month? We can maybe put an extra 150 He's working two jobs. I'm Wait a second. Jobs. Did you say an- what? No, girl. Out of ninety five thousand, yeah, you shouldn't have told me that. That's that's not intense. That's not I intense know. at all. Well, no wonder you're worried about these twenty thousand dollar balances gonna because that's going to take forever. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's it helps more when they're the smaller cards because the smaller cards get paid off. Well, yeah, well, it helps more because you're not paying anything on them, right? I mean, if you've got a hundred fifty dollar card, it works real good. Pay one hundred and fifty, but it doesn't yeah. work real good when you got twenty thousand. You got to put two thousand, not one hundred and fifty. So he's actually active duty military. He's okay. an officer. We've had about almost our entire marriage in active duty military. Okay, and he's um he actually did the green to gold program so that he could become an officer. He was enlisted. That obviously comes with more income. Okay, um, and he gets promoted next week, so that's a significant. Honey, more makes ninety five now, and you're only putting one hundred and fifty. Why? Where's all your freaking money going? Uh, debt that I accumulated from my parents. No, you Wait, have. No, you no. already told yeah. us the debt. Okay. Yeah. How well, much are you paying? On, how much are you paying to your parents? Oh, I'm not. I, that's they took things out in my social security number. Well, why so would you I pay it? Like, that's called fraud. Correct. You're correct. Why would you I pay it? it? You don't need to pay that. File a police so report and tell the police you know where the criminal is. <laughs> oh, I'm that's not, not kidding funny. at all. Yeah. Right. Who steals yeah. from their own kid? That's a great question. What's yeah, the amount? People that go to jail. That's who it is. Yeah. What's the amount of that? Um, it wasn't, that wasn't very much, but 
Probably about 10,000 of that. Okay, so let's just stop a second. Let me go back. You you sidetracked me there with that ridiculous story of your crazy parents. <laughs> um, the But the deal is still this. You've got $95,000 coming in. That is not all going to $10,000 worth of debt that your parents took yeah. out in your name. Where the flip is all your money going? Uh, my car payments and other... How much is your car bills? payment? Uh, mine's $700. Okay, what's the what's other the car other payment? His is nine hundred. Okay, There's sell the, the stupid cars today. Those are completely <laughs> asinine. Who has eighteen hundred dollars worth of car payments and calls with a financial trouble? I mean, the, you sell your cars. Do you see how much quicker you would pay off your debt if you had that extra seventeen hundred dollars freed up, sixteen hundred fifty dollars freed up? You are car poor. Have you got a Ford tattoo on your forehead? Do they own you? (laughs) You should get one. They own you. Wow. And a Chevrolet tattoo on the other arm or whatever it is. Oh, my God. 900 and 700. We found your problem, Courtney. It is cars. You guys got car disease. They sure do. Austin, we make sure they get every dollar. Amputate the Tahoe. Shoot. This is the Ramsey Show. (laughs) Jade Washaw, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Donnie is in St. Louis. Hi, Donnie. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, guys. Uh, Privileged to talk to you guys. Sorry, I'm a little nervous. Um... I'll give you the rundown here just in case you need all this information. Um, I'm going to be 47 next month. Mm -hmm. My wife and I recently married. We've been together for three years. We each have three kids from a previous marriage, so six kids total. Mm -hmm. Um, We are both debt-free. We are fully funded emergency fund. Um, Well done. Right now, we are contributing, um, I'm only contributing the bare minimum 6% to my retirement to get the match, Mm -hmm. because we want to save for a house. Um, The house we're living in is from her previous marriage, and it has more problems than you could shake a stick at. Mm -hmm. Um, It's probably going to be one of those as-is sell houses to cut that short. Mm -hmm. Um, So when the kids, we want to, when the kids are growing, gone in eight years, we want to move, get a house that's ours. Um, Why don't also, you move before you know, then? No. Huh? Why don't you move now? Well, because we don't know if we would stay in Illinois or if we would go to Missouri. Um, it just kind of depends. Um, we have relatives that may or may not be here at that time also that would... I know, but why would you stay in a house you hate for eight years? Well, we don't, we don't hate this house. We don't hate it. It's got more problems than um, you can shake a stick at. I thought I heard some guy say that. Yeah. Um... If you it's, sold it, uh, would it bring anything, or it would just be a break-even? Um, still owe on it. Um, still owe about seventy on it. What, what would it bring as is right now? Um, as that right now, it mm-hmm. might just break even. Okay. Okay. So you would get out of it, and then you would. So if you saved up a down payment in the next year or so, I would move. Okay. I don't, I don't want to stay but, in a place that's not fun mm-hmm. for eight right. years. No, not for eight years. No, I don't want to do that. Move into something that's fun, mm-hmm. even if it's even if it's just around the corner, and it's just not broken. Yeah. I agree. Well, I mean, we don't. There's there's things that need to be updated on it, like the electrical and the plumbing, and you know. We I thought you were going to sell it as is. 
Well, I'm, that's what I'm saying is wrong with it. I mean, yeah. It's livable. It's not like, you know, we don't hate it. Like we want to get out tomorrow if we could. Okay. How can, how can we help? We'd like to move to. Um, well, the root of my question is, um, the reason I put all that in there. Um, so I just started saving for retirement last year because uh-huh. both of us were in previous relationships that it was, you know, you had the, the other spouse you're dragging along trying to do the day plan and I didn't want to do it kind of thing. But luckily we both found each other and we're both on board with the day plan. <laughs> okay. So, um, the root of my question is, is for saving for our house, I know you've said if you are going to be saving for more than five years or more to do an SCP 500. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know if I should, that's still the case because of how bad the market was this past year, because the market was I not bad the past can. year since January one, the S and P would have made you nine and a half percent. Right. That's not bad. Uh, well, I mean, on my retirement has been bad this past year. I'm like down 7%. I don't know what you're invested in compared to, well, it's on Fidelity, and it's also the top uh, as far as life average return and 10 years average return percentages for small, mid, international, and large cap at yeah. 25%. I don't know what your what your mix is that caused you to lose money in this in this calendar year. Okay. Shouldn't have, you shouldn't have lost money in this calendar year. You should have made money. Now, you okay. might, you've so lost money even, since July. It's gone down. It the market's down since July, year. but since January 1, it's up 9.5%. Okay. It was about even all year until the last couple of months. Yeah, the last couple of months are horrible. Down. Yeah. Yeah, the last couple of months it went down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's the only thing I've personally been able to see and I see it every week because I constantly I get paid weekly, so I keep track of what I contribute versus how much it's worth. So yeah. the, at the end of the but day. But my point is matters, really. is that you're making a statement about an absolute statement about the market that is absolutely incorrect. Right. Because of the just, because of the way you're good. watching it, mm-hmm. and yeah. so based on that, you were getting ready to do the wrong thing. Now, if you want to leave the money alone for three or four years, the S and P will be fine. Uh, okay. If you'd left it alone since January one to now, you would have made almost ten percent on your money, even though since July the market is down. Mm-hmm. And so I've got money parked in an S and P, and but I can afford the up and the down. Even if you lost some money. It's not the end of the world in your whole scenario here. Yeah. Uh, if so, if you want to use the S and P, as long as you can handle it, that's fine. But the way you're, you, the way your brain's working on the market, I'm not sure you should do it. He should just put it in a high yield savings account. And I want to call out if you are planning to have this money or save for the next five or whatever years. If you're planning to do your plan, I would not stay at six percent on your investing for that long. By the way, at some point, maybe after year two, I'd kick it up to fifteen percent and save up for your down payment a little slower because I don't want you only doing 6% for the next five to eight years. And by the way, I just pulled it up for the fun of it. The S&P for the past five years is up 53.91%. Well, there you go. So that would be almost 11% a year. Love it. Okay, for five years. That's the average for five years. So um, the last five, as of today. Um, So, um, you know, but since July this year, the market is down. Sure. And because what we're seeing is we're seeing the high interest rates under the Biden Fed, uh, they're driving the housing market to a screeching halt, and it's affecting a whole bunch of other things. Retailers are really freaking out about Christmas. They're starting to worry that it's going to be a really slow Christmas. Um, Interesting. A lot of people barking about recession, but I don't know. We'll see. We're in an election year, um, coming up on into an election year, so 
Uh, we'll see how this plays out. Well, but anyway, you know people spend uh, it all, anyway. all that to say, Donnie, uh, you have a perception of the market that is based on last week's paycheck. Mm-hmm. So if that's how you're going to measure it, you should not put money into an S&P. No, because you mess around and high yield out. savings account and then get your baby step four back up to 15 percent, as Jade said, um, because you're not doing this short term. You don't want to be out of 15 percent in baby step four for longer than two and a half, three years. And what you're describing here is eight years, and so you need to be fully invested in your uh, in into good mutual funds in your retirement. Do you think he was trying to save up and pay full out cash for a house? I don't know. Because I'm like an eight year plan. That's a aggressive. I don't know. Um, they've done really well, yeah. uh, but the that old house represents a bunch of stuff I don't like personally. Mm-hmm. Ruth is in Macon, Georgia. Hi, Ruth. How can we help? <laughs> Hi, Dad. Hi, Jade. Um, the reason I'm calling in is because my husband and I have been on baby step two. Um, not as intense as we should have been. We're kind of starting to pick it up, but I'm due with a baby in six weeks. And y'all have always said to, you know, when you get to that point, pump the brakes and just save up. Yeah. So that's what we're doing now. Um, but, you know, come January after she's born, barring any complications, we'll start back intense again. Um, no, intense so for the first I, time. Well, yeah, intense for the first time. Okay. Uh, we, we still had a reduction this year. It just wasn't where it should have been. Yeah, but, that's um, not anyway. intense. Yeah. Anyway, so um, my question is, I owe about 22000 left on my car. Um, so it's at about the point where I could trade it in for about twenty five right now or sell it for around thirty, um, Or by the time we play it off, pay it off and if we stick to the snowball schedule, I've ran all the numbers multiple times and it always comes out to April 2025. Sell it. Um, yeah. Sell it and buy a seven thousand dollar car. Yeah. Yeah, because we're at the point where it's like you know we want something that's dependable. Seven thousand dollar cars are dependable. What okay. about your husband's yeah. car? Um, he has a truck, but it's almost paid off. Yeah. Um, I want something that's dependable. Is code for I don't like the car. All these cars are dependable. $7,000 cars are dependable. There's nothing wrong with a $7,000 car. If you pick the right car, you have it checked out mechanically. Mm -hmm. You don't buy a piece of junk, you know, because you just look like the way it looked or something. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, actually check out the mechanical background. There's lots of really good cars for seven grand. Really nice cars. And so, yeah, I I would sell that puppy and be out of debt. There's no way I'm fighting with this stupid vehicle for three years. No way. No chance. No fun at all in that scenario, Ruth. So, yeah, baby comes, I'd be selling that car, and uh, don't you ever say I need something dependable again. Mm -hmm. It's just not true. This is The Ramsey Show.